episode of the show, and I call it the show because we want to show you all the amazing ways that you can change your life. And sometimes life decides to change you. And that's what happened for our next guest. And so Brenda, I am so excited to have you on the show. We're going to talk about how starting over ain't for sissies. So everyone, please help me welcome into the studio, my friend, Brenda Jacobson. And so as she waves her magic wand and turns on her camera, there she is. Hi there, gorgeous. Hey, how are you? I am well. I am so excited to see you. So am I. It's yeah. been a while since I've been on your show. This is true. This is true. It has been. And this is just the hottest topic in the world. I mean, you know, people talk about starting over all the time. It, it became a very popular topic. And yet nobody knew how to do it. And uh, then along came life for you. Yes. So <laughs> I know you as you know, a very creative, very successful, you know, CEO, CFO, you know, you're the chief executive, no games with names, guys. This is, you know, Brenda, you're the chief executive <laughs> officer of a company. You've been the chief financial officer of big companies. You know, this is the business that background that you come from. What happened? I mean, because <laughs> what happened? Yeah, what happened? Because we're gonna we're gonna talk about something that is so different than CEO, CFO, normal conversation. You know, yeah. that I want people before before we take them into the um what is it the right word? What before we take them into the realm of the um <laughs> scary stuff. Before we take them into the scary stuff, give us the story. <laughs> the backstory? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let, let, let's, let's take them back in the way back machine. Yeah. So you're right. I spent, I spent about 25 plus years in the C-suite. So most of that would have been chief financial officer, but I did the CEO thing um, off and on for various different companies. And, um, and I was really comfortable in that. I was fairly highly sought after as a, a corporate executive. And then one day, um, and I was getting this inner pressure, just knowing that I wasn't where I belonged. You know, you, you get that? It doesn't make sense because I was so left brain based. It didn't make sense to my left brain. I had all the trappings of the perfect life. <clears throat> and yet I, there's still something wasn't right. And I couldn't figure it out. And then one day I went out skiing and I caught an edge and I fell 3,000 feet down a mountain. Oh. And what, like, what, 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 what does it mean caught an edge? You're skiing. Take us skiing. And, yeah. And so what happened happen? I got off the chair. I turned, you know, I, I took my turn to go down the hill. My ski, one of my skis caught and I fell done that many, many times. It was just a very long, steep run and it was hard packed snow. So I started to tumble and there was just no stopping. I bounced off moguls that were like hip high and just kind of cartwheeled and tumbled and all the way down 3000 feet down the mountain. So life as I knew it changed in those few seconds that it took me to tumble down there. And that was the change. That was what stimulated the change. It took me five, about five years to fully recover from that. For several of those, I, I could barely walk. I couldn't walk normally. I went from being really intense in my workouts and active and fit to not being able to walk to the end of my driveway, which my driveway is about the length of a car. So oh, that became wow. my workout was walking the length of a car and back. I would sit in my living room to go to the kitchen. I had to stop and rest in the dining room before I could go the rest of the way to the kitchen. So life took on a really different hue. And during that time of sitting on the couch for really for most of two years, I did not go much out of the house and 
I was kind of stuck on my couch and it was a beautiful time for self-exploration. I had nobody else to talk to, nothing else to do. So I was it, I was my entertainment. So there's a lot of self-exploration. It was one of the greatest gifts. It was the greatest gift of my life was taking that tumble down the mountain um, because it became almost a metaphorical, although it was a physical event, it became metaphorical as well. Um, as I tumbled down my, you know, when I came out of that, when I really woke up to why I was here on the planet, um, I couldn't go back into doing the type of CFO, CEO gigs that I was used to doing. I started my own company and um, with a real mission to go out and, and help people step into their power. So when we talk about how the universe gives us the nudges, you know, yeah. feeling the internal pressure and not following it. I, and I was getting like, I was getting big nudges. I got kicked in the head and dislocated my jaw. I got, you know, I, I got like, there, there was, this was not the first nudge. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, that, tell us about the nudges. Okay. Just let's take it. Yeah. What, what was the first nudge that you really say, Oh, wait a minute. Something's trying to get my attention. You know, there was, I was, like, I knew it. I acknowledged it. Like, I knew I was getting the message. I acknowledged it. And wait, I wait, showed, what, what, how did you get the message? I just knew internally. And then, and then I guess what really triggered it was. So you uh, started thinking about it is what I'm hearing. Yes. Thought, and then I, I had this argument one night with, with my guy. So I sat in my living room, my family room with my lights off, staring at the equalizer on my stereo for over three hours, just mesmerized by this. And this conversation was going in my head about you need to quit your job. I went, okay, I will do that as soon as I find another job. No, you quit before you find another job. No, I'm not jumping out of a plane without a parachute. Not doing that. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. This went on for three hours. My daughter finally kept coming upstairs and looking at me. And, and finally she said, are you okay? And I said, yeah, yeah, just stressed. After that conversation, I went in the next day and quit my job with nothing to go to. And I was just recently divorced. So I was the only income in my family. And I just walked out of that. So that was kind of the first nudge. Then I, three or four months later, I found another job that I went into. <laughs> so I gave and you then, three months, guys. Nothing happened. I'm going to go get a job. <laughs> then I got, then I found one. And, um, and then, and then I, I was still doing martial arts and I, I, I was doing a, somebody was doing a fireman's throw on me and um, it went, it went real bad. And so I hobbled around with this back injury and shoulder injury for a while, still acknowledging this slowed me down. It did not stop me. Um, a few months after that, I took a kick, a knee to the head as I was sparring and it dislocated my jaw and it killed off three teeth. And that put me on the couch for about six months. <laughs> and then I was back in action. Um, and then finally they went, yeah, let's get this over with now. So then the throw down the mountain and um, I was out of commission for four or five years. Got it. <laughs> so there were nudges to, to yes. that you were, you know, needing to slow down, needing to get out of this busyness of yeah, your life. And off the wrong track. I've been equally as busy doing my own thing, but it's, but it's inspired. It's not coming from my left brain of this is how I'm going to make money and support myself. It comes from here's what I'm here to do in the world. Ah, so that's the difference. It's not the, the level of work and the stress and stuff is probably greater doing my own thing than it was working for somebody else and, um, you know, clocking in and clocking out. So, but it's that it was the purpose part of it. Got it. Okay. I, was, I said one day in my meditation, I said to my guides, why is all this stuff happening to me? Like, why can't I get moving forward? And they said to me, you are recalcitrant. <laughs> you ever heard that word? 
Recalcitrant. I love that word. Oh my God. I had never even heard it. Um, I, I didn't even know it was a word. I literally had to stop my meditation, grab my iPad and look it up to see if it even was a word. And it is a word and it means having an obstinately uncooperative attitude towards authority and discipline. And I went, really? Like, and I knew I was, I knew I was. So all my friends and family now, whenever I'm getting into that stubborn place, go, yeah, you are recalcitrant. I didn't even know it was a word, but that was me. And that was why all of this was happening. What I considered to me through the fall down the mountain, I, changed my language to, you know, why is this happening to me to why is this happening for me? Huge shift. That one little word is a huge shift in perspective because when you ask, why is this happening to me? You are a victim. You become victimized. And, and my guides went about showing me all the reasons I deserve to be a victim. Ooh. And it was ugly. And so when I learned to ask, and it, it came as a message, like I went, why is this happening to me? Or why is this happening yeah, to me? And they said, you're asking the wrong question. You know, start asking, why is this happening for me? What happens when you ask it in that way is that your subconscious goes out looking for all of the gifts that are present in the circumstance that you're suffering from because often they're unpleasant circumstances. Nobody asks, why is this happening to me when they win a lottery? Um, you know? Yeah, I get it. What, so, when they're winning the lottery, they're going, how did I deserve this? Yeah. yeah. Or actually they're, they're saying, going, Woo -hoo! Woo -hoo! Yeah. how do I spend this? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so just changing that, that was one of the biggest pivot points in my life is I started, you know, as I laid on the couch, I went, why is this happening for me? Like, what is, what's in this for me? And I was showing just numerous gifts that came out of it, which as you were talking in your public service announcement about the priming the brain, that is one of the biggest steps is to be looking for the gift that takes you from that contracting mindset of I'm a victim into that expanding mindset of, man, there's some, there's some really big gifts here. It really is a lovely question. Why is this happening for me? Um, you know, it taps into that radio station. What's in it for me? You know, W-I-F-M. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So what's in it for me is a very healthy place to go, but we are so trained not to go there. Absolutely. You know, um, it's, there's a balancing act that we're going to come to on this journey you ended up starting over by um, circumstance, you know, a circumstance yes. occurred. Yeah. But you really, you could have chosen to go back into corporate America. I could have. And you know what? Even after all that, I tried. Oh, really? I tried. I took a, not, not that I went into corporate, but a lot of my CFO, CEO stuff was consulting based. Mm -hmm. And I took on a client. I finally, when I got through and strong enough to work, I took on a client. It was an absolute train wreck. I realized that I'm just not there anymore. And, um, and so I, I worked with them for most of a year, three months of that, I went to India. So off and on, you know, over that time. And then I finally just had to fire them. They were, they were not following any of my guidance. They were, oh, they were creating really lousy circumstances and then complaining because it took me so long to clean up after them. And I just went, yeah, this is not, <laughs> oh my not God. where I'm supposed to be. You hired, you, you were hired by, you took on a recalcitrant client. I did. <laughs> The mirror, you know how they how you how you see yourself in in the people that show up in your experience. Yes, that's what that's what was showing up, and I went, yeah, no, not doing this. And then right away, I went, yeah, I'm not going down another mountain. Like, how much worse does it get than that? Not Ooh. not doing that again. So I started becoming much more, much less at recalcitrant, <laughs> much more 
um, aware of the messages as they came through. And instead of poo-pooing them right off, I would explore them. And my guides had the patience to work with me to, if I asked, you know, why would I do this? You know, how, how would I do this? They, they, you know, they nurtured me through that. So it wasn't just dumping me in the deep end of the pool and walking off. It was, if I would listen for it, and this is true with so many people, if you listen for the guidance and you're open to receiving the guidance, it is there for you at whatever level you need it to be. Okay, I'm going to pause and we're going to clean up some language. Yeah. For many people, this would be intuition. This yes. would be opening a book and reading something that relates to you. This yeah. would be, this, there are some very tangible ways that this might show up for you. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, and so it is about the curiosity of, you know, is this a coincidence? Is this a sign? Is this my intuition or my guides? You know, yeah. It's about getting curious about what's showing up. Absolutely. And one of the things is take the word coincidence out of your vocabulary. Yeah, I do that in there. You know, because it will, I have had it hit me, you know, I've been in a bookstore and a book has literally fallen off the shelf and hit me in the foot. And I pick it up and go, huh, that looks interesting. And I go buy the book. Like it's things like that. It's not just, I've meditated for 25 years. So I, and I'm an empath, so I can, I can tap in and recognize those things. It's been a lot of training, but for most people, it's a song on a radio that just really, you know, I've, I've had these songs where I've heard them a million times and all of a sudden something in that song grabs me at a really deep level in my body. And I'll play it over and over and over and over again because it just calls to me in a certain way. That's what I mean by that guidance. You know, the book falling off the shelf, the song popping up, somebody phoning you out of the blue, just when yeah. you need to hear, you need that support. It comes in those kind of tangible ways. So thank you for pointing that out. Yeah, it's a very interesting thing because that's how you ended up on the show is, yeah. you know, I had an aha. The next day I phoned you and you had had the same aha. Than yeah. before. Yeah. And it was like, wait a minute, huh? We, we haven't talked in months. How could we end up on the same frequency? And it's not the right question. The real yeah. question is how cool is it how that cool we were on it? the same frequency? Yeah. And now what, what, do we, what do we do from here? Yeah. What do and we here do? Here I am here? on your <laughs> And here we are. So take us into the journey of what you're doing now. What is it that, that, you are that you were guided to you know I, i've worked with the chakra system for many years um and i thought i was done with it i moved on to other things and it, several years ago 2015 it just came back with a vengeance and i could not you know i was thinking well this is old stuff this is old stuff i've done this before i'm not doing this again what's what am i supposed to be doing now and i could not get my butt out of the chair I sat for 15 hours a day for three or four days and I wrote a book I wrote courses and the whole time the early part of it I was fighting it in my mind like why am I doing this what a waste of time what and then as I got into it I went wow this is the stuff that people need as the world changes this is it so okay so for those who don't know what chakras are take us yeah. give us the mini course on what the chakra system actually is. Okay, so we are all very, very familiar with our physical bodies. To many of us, that is the entirety of our existence is our physical body. When you can see it, and there's cameras that actually will take photographs of your energy field, you have other bodies. You have a, a mental body, you have an emotional body, you have a spiritual body. And that all is encompasses your energy body. Okay, so that's what they call Corellian photography or yes. aura. Okay, so, yeah, so good. I, but I don't know how, I didn't know that related to the chakra system. Well, it, it relates to the, your energy body. The way that ah. your energy body, that energy feeds into your energy body is through gateways or portals known as chakras. So we have many in our, in our body, like throughout our body, big, small, medium. But the seven main chakras 
that we call the ladder of seven go up the spine, like up the center of your body, starting at your tailbone and ending at the crown. So you have one at the tailbone, one in the pelvic area, one at the solar plexus, in the heart, in the throat, in what we call the third eye, and then at the crown. Those are the seven gateways. And they all represent and support you at a different level of your life. So the, the crown chakra is your physical existence. The second chakra, what we call the sacral chakra, is your emotional existence. Third chakra is your self-definition, is just stepping into your truth. And how do you define yourself? What's your, you know, what is your purpose here? That's all lives in that solar plex area. When you can get those three chakras really strong and aligned, they're actually people can see them. They're, they're discs that, that spin clockwise. And sometimes when, when you're struggling in an area of your life, it's because your disc is, is distorted somehow. And it's distorted by trauma of, you know, different traumas affect different chakras, but it is a trauma thing, a belief system, a, a physical trauma, an emotional trauma. Um, when you can get those where you're physically grounded to the, to the planet, you're comfortable being here, you um, are, have built a container for everything that you desire in your life, then in the second chakra, you create that flow that um, that's, that's where your desires really come in is you start generating this flow of energy that brings things into your life. So for example, how many of us know people who inherited a big sum of money or won a lottery or had a big business success and a year later they're bankrupt? You know, they, there's so many stories about that, especially in the, in the lottery and inheritance realm. And it's because they didn't build a solid container to hold that in their third, in their first chakra. They were grounded. So, okay. um, Got it. so then you create the flow in the second chakra and in the third chakra, the solar plexus, you really delve deep into who are you? What's your truth? What are you, you know, where's conditioning at play? How, what people have told you you should be, or you shouldn't be, or here's who you have to be. Oh, okay. That all distorts our truth. All right, so now I'm getting a clue about chakras in that there are seven main energy centers. They live up the spine. Yeah. And each one it sort of has a responsibility in exactly. my world. Okay, so trauma distorts them and it yeah. can be healed. It can be healed. Okay, so when somebody has um, a disturbance in one of these um, a, you know, a distortion in one of their chakras. What's showing up in their life? How would somebody know? Do you know, it's, this is part of the challenge that I have. We, we've never been taught to pay attention to this. So you really have to learn how to look for the symptoms of distortion in each of these chakras. Got for it. example, I found I was really weak in the root. I, I came in just life circumstances, a lot of my life, I just didn't want to be here. I was much more comfortable up in the spiritual realms than I was in the physical realm. And I worked through that and I thought I was grounding really well, but I found every time I went on a plane, I fly from here to Toronto to see my son for two days, I would struggle with, oh my God, I, I lost my job. My friends are all gone, like nothing. There's no foundation left. And I, and I live in fear around, I've got nothing to go home to. This is like two days of away from my job. And I left in good, you know, I left in a good place. And all of a sudden I've got these emotions that are going up, this fear that's showing up in my life. And I finally one time went, oh, this is connected. As soon as I go 30,000 feet off the planet, my sense of ground was not strong enough to hold me. Oh. And so I disconnected and then I had, to, so now what I do, it, not that it's changed that much, but I ground before I get on the plane. I ground while I'm on the plane. And when I get off, I ground myself and I've never suffered that again. So, so there the are practices was, that, that, yeah. that people can do to, it, it, it's not even that you have to fix it. But there are things you can do to mitigate the symptoms that would come up. Exactly. And they're just easy, easy, easy things. Okay, cool. Um, it's I know understanding that, what they are, right? Yeah, it, it really helps to just sort of have a clue. So the 
a distortion in the root chakra, the one at the base of the spine, this foundation one, would show up as fear. At least as, that's as how it showed up for you. Irrational fear. Fear is, fear is the emotion that distorts the root chakra. Okay. So if, you're, if you're living in fear, you're it's, distorting it's a problem it. with your root chakra because oh, the root chakra is about survival, survival and security. And when you're afraid of something, anything, it all of a sudden brings into question your right to be here and to have what you have and your survival and your security. So fear is, um, is the demon of that first chakra. Got it. Okay. So, so that's where you go looking. If you have this irrational fear that you can't get over, you look into the root chakra and do okay. some exercises. There's yoga exercises, there's essential oils, there's meditation practices, there's all kinds of things that you can do. Um, even some sounds will strengthen your root chakra, certain sound, wow. certain keynotes. Um, so there's all kinds of things that are pretty easy to do. Listen to a, you know, listen to this or do a yoga vid or. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's important. I'm just, I, all of a sudden I'm going, oh yeah, um, this concept of fear, because I've had a fear storm and yeah. I know what those feel like. Yeah. So knowing that that's something that can be addressed by doing some exercises for that chakra. Yeah. So we'll take them up the ladder and walk through this because I know we have other things to talk about, but I, I don't want to leave people hanging. The, the second one up is the one that's um, right around the belly button. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. So the emotion there is guilt. It's, it's, it's where we hold our sexuality. And you know, our society has, has put all kinds of guilt on, on sexuality. But anytime you're feeling guilty about something, it's also our relationship center. So if you're feeling guilty about how you treated somebody or how you reacted to this, if guilt is present, it's you look into the second chakra for that. Got it. And, and it's not that you don't have things to clean up. It's just that this is yeah. an emotion that gets in the way of you living your life the way your life is meant to be lived. Absolutely. It's just an awareness thing. All right. So, so now we're back um, up to the solar plexus because we were talking about just the first three. So we'll get this one and then we'll move up the ladder. Yeah. So the solar plexus is, is that where you hold your self-definition, your definition of self. And so many of us have taught, have been taught that, that, that there's something wrong with us. It's wrong to be us. And there's a lot of shame. The shame is the emotion that distorts that chakra. So for example, I was very intuitive as a kid. I was, I saw spirits. I knew things. Nobody else in my family did. They didn't get that. I was put on tranquilizers when I was six years old to stop these visions. And that taught me at a deep level that there's something wrong with me. Wow. I have to be medicated because of who I am so that I can become somebody else. There's there a lot be. of shame in being yeah. who I was. So as these, as these visions wow. kept trying to come up, I would go into shame because I had no idea how to define myself. How I defined myself naturally, innately was, was inherently wrong. And I was at risk of, of, you know, I was at risk for doing that. So Shame, shame will affect that chakra. You move up into the heart chakra. It's, um, it's our love center. It's where we give and receive love and grief. Grief, um, unaddressed grief, will, it will distort that center. We all experience grief. It's how, you know, how stuck we get in that and how quickly we can move through that that will bring that center back into balance. Got it. Now, all of these things, when we've become comfortable on the planet, when we're comfortable with our desires and our, um, that our sexuality, our desires, our emotional intelligence, our emotional balance, when we can define ourselves really purely that resonates with our soul, then it's easy to fall in love with ourselves. Self-love is one of the, the big challenges of the heart chakra. I think we all experience that to some degree. When you can fall in love with yourself, when those four are really balanced, it's really comfortable to find your voice, to start oh. sharing who you are with the world. So in the second chakra, we bring all the senses in from around, it's where it's our sensation center. The, the, 
you know, sight, smell, touch, feel, you know, taste, all of those resonate in that second chakra. It's where the outside world comes into our reality. In the fifth chakra is where our reality, we're comfortable taking our reality, the truth of who we are out into the world. Got it. And we start to share, we start to share it through our voice with the world. So what does a distortion, what's the emotion of distortion for the throat chakra? You know, what, what really impacts it is, is um, secrets, lies, and mixed messages. Got it. So not that I had any of those growing up. I'm sure no, no, none of us did. No no mixed messages in my world. Because that tells you that you can't like people who who are trying to hold secrets are not free to express themselves. People, when there's mixed messages coming, you don't know exactly how to talk. What's the safety of speaking your truth? Um, And and it will show up as sometimes there's like a really squeaky voice. People are, are are unnaturally introverted. Introverts are, are a, natural introverts are a treasure in our society. I don't want to give that, but there's people who are naturally, myself, naturally a double extrovert. I was afraid to speak up. I was afraid to come out because there was something broken in me. There was something wrong with me. So um, I, I did not find my voice or, or you speak you know, it's a, a lot t- is tied into that emotional intelligence. There's some people who talk all the time and don't let anybody else talk or others who don't talk at all. And it's just creating that balance um, of, of showing up in the world. Cool. Okay. So yeah. that's the third lot. eye. Yeah. That, okay. So now we're up here. This is the sixth one. Yeah. It, this is the sixth chakra and it's where your imagination lives. And it's where you start to expand your, expand your mind and look at, at life symbolically. So you'll see different things. When that is really functional and open, you'll see guides showing up. You'll start getting visions of things that, <laughs> that don't make sense to you. You'll- Okay, now, now we're getting into why this is not for sissies. You know, yeah. let, let's connect <laughs> these dots for people. When you're seeing visions at six and your family tranquilizes you to get them to stop, <laughs> To as an adult to realize that you're strengthening a system that allows more vision, more yeah. connection to things that other people may not be able to see. This is not a journey for the faint of heart. No, because but when you do it, when you do it in sequence, ah, you know, when you've gotten past the fear, the guilt, the shame, when you define yourself, when you love yourself, when you can speak your truth. All of a sudden, you're safe to go to places that you were never safe to go to before. There you so go. So it took all of that. It, it it took building it the you know every rung in the ladder up to where I could allow my I could finally allow those visions to come back. This took me years, like I, twenty years. I was working at this. So the, energy, the emotion, the emotion around the third eye when it's distorted. What would that a, show it's up? Illusion. It's illusion. illusion. So getting attached to an illusion of reality. Ah. So once it, your imagination will throw all kinds of things out. When you attach to um, a, a version of reality that reality that doesn't exist and you attach to it, we all see them. That's what the, these illusions or the imagination is about. But if you ah. attach to something being real that isn't real yet, people will get stuck in that. And it will distort that that sixth chakra. That's really interesting. Um, I was just reading a book by the CEO of Disney, and one of his things for leaders is, or for anyone looking to be a leader and going up, he says you can't be hooked to what's not real yet. Yeah, because it prevents you from performing in the present moment. That's illusion. Got it. Okay, so that's that's it but would yet, show up as 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 being arguing with reality, not living in reality. Yeah. Okay. Now there's a, a fine line between so your imagination will will expand your reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can create like it was Disney that said if you can, um, what was it with their, their tagline? If you can dream it, I, yeah. I, I, I paraphrase. If you can dream it you can create it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's not that 
that the imagination is a powerful thing. Everything that we are started with somebody imagining it. Mm -hmm. But it's when you attach to it prematurely, when you create an illusion that everybody sees the world the way you see the world. Okay, so I get the what. I'm looking for the emotion of it, and I'm, I'm getting a sense that it's like longing. Well, I, longing when we prevent- get up into the spiritual chakras, the throat, the third eye, the crown, it's not so much as an emotion because now oh. you're entering into that spiritual realm. Thank you. you okay. Us live in our physical realm. Got it. All right. So thank you. Because I was like, why isn't this fitting into the system that I thought yeah, yeah. existed? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So so now third eye and being attached to illusion, when it's not distorted, what is that like? Well, you you got all kinds of things happening in there. You got all these visions and these, and you can and you can attach to any one of them and create it. But there's got to be, there's got to be a step between creating it and being it attached to the way it is. We should never be attached, even to the physical world, the way it is. Um, so there's, a, there's a term in in Buddhism I called anicca, and it basically translates into this too shall pass. And they use it not just for the, ne- we, we've used that for the negative stuff. Oh, you're really suffering. Don't worry, th- this will pass. Mm-hmm. But all good, the good stuff passes too. Yeah. Don't get attached to, attached to the good stuff because eventually nothing is permanent in our, so it's got to create this flow that comes oh. and goes. So even the illusion of permanence can, yeah. can be um, can release the attachment to that. It creates it, that attachment. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So distortion creates the attachment that have to hang on to this. Yeah. You and, like it so much. You see people, once a relationship has run its course and you see there's people who, who will hold on to that relationship. So they will kill them to hold on to that relationship. They destroy lives. They destroy themselves holding on to something instead of accepting that, you know, this, this is past something better is coming along. So it's that flow that is created of things move into your life, things move out of your life. But if you can keep that third chakra open and tap into your spiritual guidance, tap into your, you know, you, you'll see animal guides. When you actually open in the, open that up, you'll see it's where we have, we create archetypes. So we have in society, we create archetypes. So for example, there's an archetype of what a good mother is. Mm-hmm. Somewhere we have this whole system yeah. of this is what you have to do and be to be a good mother. And if you do and be this, you're a bad mother. But there really isn't a good bad in those things. There's there's this flow of somebody resonating at a lower vibration or somebody resonating at a higher vibration and moving the lower ones up through into a higher vibration. That's probably the clearest I've ever heard anyone explain how life could just get better for everyone. That one simple sentence of moving from lower vibrations to higher vibrations intentionally makes it happen faster, I'm assuming. And this is, you know, when you, when you look at the chakra system, you're moving up that vibrational scale. And it doesn't make the lower vibrations bad. They are absolutely necessary for the foundation. They're part of this. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So that frees up a lot of the things that drag people into, oh, I shouldn't, I should have. You know, it takes them into shouldn't. Shoulds and shouldn'ts. Yeah. And so, you know me, I love leaving Shouldville. Leaving Shouldville. Yeah. Leaving Shouldville. It's my favorite thing. So let's, let's go into the last one. So we've got six chakras. Now let's, we're here. We have the one on the crown, top yeah. of the head. The, the crown chakra is all about knowledge. It's that lifelong learner. It's that openness to not, not just knowledge from the physical realm, but wow. knowledge from the other realms that exist and just the, the acknowledgement that other realms exist and the always wanting to learn and move. Um, yeah, through, through that. Life is such a balancing act. Okay, yeah. so regardless of the belief system about whether or not other realms exist, we know that in all, almost, I think 100% of religious literature across the globe, there's an awareness and acknowledgement 
that other realms exist. So we won't get into any debate. We're just going to accept that there's a, that's a fact and that we can become more attuned. But what does it look like if someone has distortion in their crown chakra? How would they know? You know, so much of that is when they're, is when they are, um, they're closed-minded. So you've got this fixed mindset that, you know, this is it, this is all that exists and this is all that will ever exist. Um, when you're not open to learning or you have people who, who it's their way or the highway, there's no other way of being, those are people that you have a distortion in that crown chakra. Got um, it. So censor- censorship will, as soon as we're censored, knowledge is being held back from us. Now we are wise, sophisticated beings. We have an innate ability to discern fact from fiction within us. Now that's not to say that that fact for me is the same as fact for you. It depends on where you're, where you're resonating at the vibrational level. Um, what resonates as truth to you. It would be totally different. When I look at my family growing up, their truth was totally different than my truth. They did not get where I was. And their way of dealing with that was to shut me down and pull me down to seeing the world the way they knew it was. How many of us as parents have said, get real, you know, to yeah. our kids? Yeah, we, we want them to deal with our version of reality because after all, that's the only perspective we have. Right. And so we want our kids to be on the same planet or the same plane or, you know, reading the yeah. same book. Instead and- of allowing them to explore, um, to explore their own reality. And, you know, we have to acknowledge, I, th- I think many people try not to, but there is the kids coming in these days are at a totally different vibrational level than any of us have even achieved here. Like there's so many, we label them as broken. We label them as ADHD and autistic. And, and we don't acknowledge that they process information at such a speed. They're coming in with these gifts that the world has not caught up to them yet. We're trying to pull them down and make them fit into a world that they were never meant to fit into. They were meant to be those guides the, to shepherd us into this new vibration. And yet we're going, no, our version of the truth is right. We have to slow you down and bring you down here. So we medicate them. We, you know, well, and we do that to ourselves. We do yeah. that to ourselves. Absolutely. That's, that's what I'm getting a sense of is yeah. that when we are trying to slow ourselves down, when we're like, Oh, this is changing too fast. Yeah. We're, we're in that same realm of being disconnected from flow. Absolutely. Okay. We're, yeah. We're putting the brakes on, right? Spirit's yeah. trying to take us along. We're putting the brakes on. And, I'm and guilty. what drives that? Fear. Yeah. I can fear see of the unknown, fear of moving too fast. I'm, we're all guilty. I'm guilty of it. That's where the recalcitrant comes in. We are all guilty of doing that. And I still do it. I still find myself attached to an old story of who, who I used to be, who I was a month ago. Yeah. The earth has, I don't know if people know this, but the earth has entered, you know, in the, in the Milky Way, we're always moving through that, the universe. And we have now entered a photon belt that is bringing new light sources onto the planet, new frequencies that we've never been exposed to before. This happens once every 12,000 years. And every time that happens, there's a huge step in evolution. So you can go back and, and track that back. There's this huge jump in evolution and we're there right now. Like change is not an option. And when we say change is not for sissies, None of us can be sissies here. Change is not an option for us. It is happening, you know, to use my own language. When you say it's not an option, it means you, we don't get to opt out of this. Change is happening. And this is people, people's DNA is being upgraded. Their bodies are being upgraded. They're detoxing on a cellular level. And this is happening from the frequency of light that's coming into our bodies. Every new moon, every full moon cycle is getting more and more intense as we go through, we just had a full moon three days ago 
And I can't tell you how many people reached out and said, you know, I didn't talk to you because I was in such a funk or, you know, huge explosions are happening. I suffered the same thing. And I just knew, like, I just felt like crying for three days and I'm going, what the heck's going on? But I knew this too shall pass. This is the the full new moon energy that is upgrading us. This is really bizarre. I mean, there were some really cataclysmic things happening in right around me geographically um, within the the full moon cycle this time. And I hadn't connected it to the full moon. Yeah. Most people, I said, ah, don't worry. It was a full moon. You'll come out of it. Oh yeah. People are used to my language, but it's that this is happening, whether we like it or not, this is happening. So the more we try to resist it and hold back, the more we suffer, the more breakdowns there's going to be, the more people, people can opt out by actually creating an illness that takes them off the planet. Like they do have, like, it's got to be almost that severe. People are going to hold back and they're going to suffer because even I work with empaths and there's a lot of empaths that are very resistant to stepping into their full power. And as they hold themselves, they're, they're meant to be the trailblazers. Like they are meant to be leading us forward. That's what an empath has come here to be. And if they're not using their gifts, they will be held back and they, they, they will be used or lose it. Their gifts will diminish because the energies on the planet aren't here to support them at the level that they were, res- that they were working at before. So they have to upgrade and they have to go get into this flow and, it will be absolutely beautiful when people step into that new world. It is brilliant. All of the challenges that we're having here, especially as they get more and more intense, is because we're, we're breaking through those things. If anybody's been through a relationship breakup, it gets most intense right at the time when you're going, enough, enough, I'm out of here. I'm breaking through. They talk about the breakdown before the breakthrough. We're at the breakdown right now where every system on the planet, COVID, COVID brought this to us as the, kind of the final stage. Every system on the planet is breaking down. Our financial systems, our economic systems, our political systems, education, healthcare, we're all brought to the brink of, of destruction in the last two years as we've, we're yeah, breaking down before we break through. I was calling it the COVID cocoon to help people understand that it's a process. It's not a, a catastrophe. It's a process. No. It's, it's like, you know, from a caterpillar's point of view, what happens in a cocoon is a catastrophe. It it's is because it stops to, it ceases existence. Yeah. It, it goes into mush. Everything falls away. And then it yeah. ends up becoming a butterfly. And what I realized the people I was working with, the ones who were struggling the most were the ones who were trying so hard to hang on to the belief that we were going to come out of this and go back to normal. 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 Yeah. And, and, and you're right. They were struggling. I, I mean, I love your, I love your analogy of the cocoon because the caterpillar, when they go into a cocoon, the caterpillar doesn't become a butterfly the caterpillar disappears and leaves space for a butterfly to emerge. It's not a transformation, it's an evolution. So that butterfly comes out, but you're right, the caterpillar turns to mush. It's not comfortable for the caterpillar. Well, we <laughs> don't know. We, ha- we haven't had any reports back. We'll, we'll, <laughs> if we're gonna make up a story, we'll make up a kind one that yes. is not painful for the caterpillar to go through this. But emotionally as humans, this is really painful for people it to is. watch what we thought we knew was true, be proven to be not true. And but it's, yeah, what it's not the circumstances. It's not the circumstances that are creating the pain. It's the, it's the attachment, it's the mm-hmm. resistance, the holding on to the old. Well, yeah, because we thought we knew That's how- what creates pain for people. When they are arguing with reality, when they're holding on to the illusion. Okay, so now I'm getting it. This, can, this I share, is can I share one thing? More, <laughs> yeah, can I share one more piece of my mountain journey? Yes, absolutely. It's really critical at this point is that when I started falling, my skis went back by the way, and I was moving so fast, I was trying to dig my heels in to slow me down so that I could stop. And this voice 
came to my head that said, stop it, just be a rag doll. And in the, that moment, I had no other option. I realized looking back that if I had insisted on, on digging my heel, on keeping my heels dug in, I would have snapped both my legs off. That's how fast I was moving. Oh. And, um, and I got this message, just be a rag doll. And I thought, okay, the ultimate surrender. So I'm tumbling down this mountain, knowing that there is a drop off at the bottom. I'd skied that run many times and I just let go. I just let go and I flipped and flopped. And as I flopped down the mountain, I felt this warm energy holding me, just wrapped around me. And in that moment, I remember like thinking, I'm not alone here, I'm not alone. By the time I came to rest, which was like, I don't know, 20 feet from where it was, would drop off, I had no stress response. I had, my heart rate was normal. My breathing was normal. There was no adrenaline rush. The only thing that happened was I was dizzy from spinning around in a washing machine, you know? Um, but that's, that's the perfect demonstration of what resistance will do. I would have walked, I would have snapped both my legs. Without a doubt, I would have snapped my legs. And um, just like think of a twig as you, as you put pressure on it, right? Versus there was no, I got up and skied 10 more runs after that. Like I, I put my skis and, and there was a ski patrol that I was right under the chairlift. And he said, he came racing down. He said, don't worry, don't worry. I've got a stretcher coming. And they said, what are you doing standing up? And I said, what are you doing calling a stretcher? And he said, nobody survives a fall like that. That's where he said, you fell 3,000 feet. And I said, well, I'm not getting on your stretcher. I'm waiting until my head settles down and then I'm going skiing. It was, it was about six months later that I realized how much damage I'd done. Um, recalcitrant. Recalcitrant, yeah, like just let my head stop spinning. Some guys from Germany sat with me till my head settled down and then they made sure I got down to the chairlift. But it's, it, it was just in that surrender and going with it that um, that the pain, there was no pain in that. There was, there was spinning around, there was trying to figure out which way was up and which way was down, but it wasn't painful like it would have been. I would have needed the stretcher if I had kept my legs dug in at that resistance. So there we go. Thank you for sharing the rest of that story. The yeah. power in releasing resistance to shift. Absolutely. It's not the, the, that's how you avoid the pain. There you go. How to avoid the go. pain. Thank you so much for being with us today, Brenda. I really, really appreciate it. And there's a gift for everyone. The link is in the chat. It's for your app so they can get more information. Yes. And they can and the follow app will help you. this. The, and the so, app clears that energetic debris for you when you while you sleep. The meditation on there is very powerful. We, we like that. So while it may, you don't have to worry about being a sissy because the meditation is going to do it for you while you're sleeping. <laughs> so there we go. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Jackie.